Well, good morning, church. My name is Larry Bowman, and it's great to see you. Wait, I don't see you. Wow, take heart. It'll be just a couple weeks, and we'll be able to meet together in corporate worship. This is one of the things that I have, both Mary and I have, really missed, and we're eager to get back with you guys. Um, if you don't know me, I kind of, as you enter the sanctuary, I kind of sit over on the left-hand side, about three rows in, and over there, there's sitting a, a beautiful blonde lady, and there's this older white-haired gentleman that sits beside her, and that's me, and the young lady is my wife, Mary. Um, we've, uh, we've been attending uh, Riverstone maybe two and a half years now. And as long as I've been there, I've not heard a message um, on giving. And I believe that's because the uh, preachers don't normally like to preach on giving. Uh, it is kind of the uh, panhandling, the hat in hand kind of thing. But uh, as I was asked to do this, I initially really wasn't all that excited about uh, sharing. And I'm not like the mayor of Riverstone, Gary who gets up there and his head is shining in the lights. He's radiant. He's eloquent. And I'm certainly not like Chris, who, by the way, is an excellent preacher. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, I can't hear you. Can I, can I get an amen on that? Oh, that's right. You're not here. Um, I would like to... Um, I would like to say that uh, we're going to look at one passage today, uh, and we're going to spend most of our time in that passage. It's in First Chronicles uh, 29. And as I thought more and more about uh, the subject of giving, I became excited about the opportunity to share with you this morning. Um, let me give a little background before we turn. If you have your Bibles, please turn to First uh, Chronicles 29. And we're going to read 1 through 22a in just a moment. I'll be reading from the New American Standard, which is the Bible I've used for years. But I wanted to give you a little background before we delved into the text. But before I do that, let me pray. Lord, we uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together, albeit... Uh, uh, via the internet this morning, and uh, Father, I ask that you would open to us your word, that you would encourage us. Uh, Father, give us your understanding, uh, speak to our hearts. Uh, would you be magnified, even in this time, as we open your word? Um, we, we acknowledge that we're helpless to understand unless you somehow would open our eyes. So would you do that? Would you be blessed in this time? In Jesus' name, amen. The background of this uh, chapter, uh, David is at the end of his life. David uh, has already anointed his son Solomon, king of Israel. And uh, he's living out his days. And he'd always wanted to build the temple. And... Um, he told Solomon that he wanted to build a temple, and he made was collecting provisions for the building of the temple. But then uh, he told his son that uh, God had told him that because he was a man of bloodshed, 
because he had killed a lot of people, uh, he was not going to be the one to build the temple, that his son Solomon would be the one. And David, uh, though, he provides all the provisions for the building of the temple. He he collects uh, all the materials. He has nails made. He's He's got workers lined up. He's providing all the silver, gold, all the materials uh, for the building of the temple. And so that's where we come to First Chronicles 29. Uh, there is an assembly of the people of Israel, and David is bringing the offering, and this is a, a time of celebration before the Lord. So let's pick up and read First Chronicles 29. Then King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, who alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the temple is not for man but for God. Now with all my ability I have provided for the house of my God the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze the iron for the things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and inlaid stones, stones of intimity, the stones of various colors, and all kinds of precious stones, and alabaster in abundance. And moreover, in my, my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God, over and above all that has already been provided for the holy temple. Namely, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the buildings of gold for the things of gold, and of silver for the things of silver, that is, for all the work done by the craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? Then the rulers of the father's household and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the commanders of the thousands and of hundreds with the overseers over the king's work offered willingly. And for the service of the house of God, they gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold and 10,000 talents of silver and 18,000 talents of brass and 10,000 talent, 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever possessed precious, precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for, the, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. And King David also rejoiced greatly. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord, and thou dost exalt thyself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou dost rule over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and it lies in thy hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. 
But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from thee, and from thy hand we have given thee. For we are sojourners before thee and tenants, as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. Uh, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided to build thee a house for thy holy name, it is from thy hand, and all is thine. Since I know, O my God, that thou triest the heart and delightest in uprightness, I, in, my, in the integrity of my heart, will off, willingly offer all these things. So now, with joy, I have seen thy people, who are present here, make their offerings willing to thee. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of thy people, and direct their heart to thee. And give to to my son Solomon a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, thy statutes, and to do them all, and to build the temple for which I had made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord and the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord and to the king. And on the next day they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord, 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 lambs, with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they ate and drank that day before the Lord with great gladness. I wanted to make a couple comments uh, on this passage and then uh, I would like to share a testimony um, about God's faithfulness. Uh, this passage starts out in verse 1. Uh, David indicates that this offering is for the Lord, not for man. He says, Then, the king, then king David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, And the work is great, for the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. So the offering they bring is for the Lord. It's not for man. Um, In verse 2, David uh, indicates that he has assembled the provisions with all of his ability. Somehow we uh, participate in all that God has provided for us. We participate by working and by being diligent, by persevering, uh, by studying, by getting an education. Uh, We participate in what God has provided, but really it all comes from God. And David is saying that he's, he's used all of his ability to assemble the provisions for the building of the temple. In verse three, um, he indicates he delights in the house of the Lord. And this is why he, he was able to give a personal gift. And uh, most of us don't stand up and say what our personal gift is here, but David does. And it says here in verse 4, he indicates namely 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, 
and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the buildings, of gold for the gold, things of gold, and of silver for the things of silver, that is, for the work done by the craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So, I don't really have a real good bead on uh, measures of the Old Testament. It doesn't mean anything to me when it says talents. Um, so I did a little bit of research. And just to understand the magnitude of the gift that David is giving for the building, out of his personal wealth for the building of the building, it says that he gave 3,000 talents of gold. Well, a talent of gold is about 33 kilograms in weight. And with the current value of the price of gold, David gave about $6 billion in gold. That's six with a B, billion dollars of gold. Of the silver he gave, it says that he gave 7,000 talents of refined silver. Uh, with the current value of the price of silver, he gave about $138 million worth of silver for the building of the temple. And that was out of his own personal resources. Then we go on and we read on that the people then gave. The people took on this challenge of David, who will consecrate himself this day to the Lord, who will set himself apart for his purposes and give willingly. And so the people raised up uh, a bunch of loot as well. Um, the people gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold. And a derrick, as it turns out, was a gold coin that was used in the Persian Empire. And... It weighs about 8.4 grams. The current value of that coin would be about $52. So it's a $52 gold coin. They gave 10,000 of those plus 5,000 talents. Well, that is about $10 billion worth of gold that they gave. They also gave 10,000 talents of silver. That amounts to about $197 million dollars worth of current value of silver. So the just the magnitude of the gifts is astounding to me. Uh, these were a lot of rich Jews out there in the land of Palestine. Um, it says then, over and above that, in verse 8, that whoever possessed precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord. So whoever came and whoever had the precious stones came and gave freely. In verse 9, it says that the people rejoiced. The people rejoiced. That was the result of their giving, that they rejoiced. In verse 9 says, Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart, and King David also rejoiced greatly. So the fact that they gave to the Lord willingly caused them to well up with rejoicing. And they, it says that they gave with a whole heart. 
verse in verse 10 it says um, so David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly and David said blessed art thou Lord God of Israel our father forever and ever the result of their giving is praise he, he's, he's blessing the Lord and he's calling on the people to bless the Lord and then, of course, these verses uh, 11 through, through 13, where he says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heaven, in the heavens and earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord, and thou dost exalt thyself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou dost rule over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And it lies in thy hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. David is acknowledging that all glory, victory, and majesty, everything, everything in the heavens and earth belongs to God. That means, that means all that I own belongs to God. All that I ever will own or have owned uh, was in his hands, and he's provided it, and it really belongs to God. Uh, so that's the mindset that uh, David has here, and he's he's impressing upon the people. And it's it's an attitude that that I would I want to model in my life. Um, in verse fourteen, he goes on, and uh, David expresses the privilege of giving here. He says, "Who? But who am I, and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from Thee, and from Thy hand we have given Thee." Just this attitude that uh, it's a privilege to give. Uh, it's an opportunity to glorify God. Another point is that our days are like a shadow. In verse 15, he says, For we are sojourners before thee as ten and tenants, and all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. The whole attitude that our days are like a shadow, that life is fleeting. Um, as I look back at my life, you know, I'm... I don't think I'm old, I don't think I'm any longer on the backstretch. I think I might be rounded in that fourth corner, headed toward the checkered flag, and life has gone quickly. And just the idea that we're just sojourners, we're just passing through, is something that should undergird the way we think about money, about giving. We're just simply giving back to Him what has come from His hand. In verse 18, he points out, uh, he says, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of thy people and direct their heart to thee. Um, I think the design behind giving is that our hearts would be directed toward the Lord and that we would be glorifying him in offering our gift. Now, this kind of giving, you know, was a one-time giving. This was this was giving a uh, project, giving, if you will, for the building of the temple. But of course, it's not the only 
uh, motive giving. This probably was a one-time affair in everybody's life. But the Lord had uh, impressed upon the people of Israel to give on a regular basis. And, you know, we find the, the first indication of this even in, back in the Garden of Eden when we see Cain and Abel bring their gifts before the Lord and bring the offerings. Um, I initially went back and looked at this, and it says that, and I'm reading in Genesis chapter 4, um, and again, uh, so it came about, so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground, and Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. For uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. And I was thinking about that. I was kind of a little bit troubled by that. Why, did, why would God accept Abel's offering and, and reject Cain's offering? And I haven't studied this in depth, but I was looking in the footnote of the text here that it says that Cain, he was the first one to bring his offering in the text. And it says that in the course of time, he brought that offering. And that offering, uh, that in the course of time, in my footnote, says um, at the end of the days, he brought his offering. Whereas the distinction with Abel is that he brought the firstlings of his flock. And we have an admonition in Scripture. Uh, most of you probably know it. It's Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 3. It says, Honor, honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. Um, the idea here is that we bring the best to the Lord. We bring the first. We uh, consider what God has provided, and the first thing that should come to our mind is what will we offer to the Lord? And rather than give him the dregs, uh, after all is said and done, whatever's left over for him, uh, that will bring. I wanted to share um, then a testimony of God's faithfulness uh, and his provision. Uh, early on in our marriage, uh, Mary and I made a joint commitment that we would always tithe. And I'm no genius here, but tithe means a tenth. So we decided that we would uh, give to the Lord a tenth, uh, and we would do it off the top. It would be the first thing to come out. Uh, and we made that commitment, and um, we decided that uh, we would give a tenth of our gross income, not our net income. And we've done that now for almost 39 years and you know when we started out we really didn't have much money um, we used to uh, 
we used to eat out maybe once a week, and then and, and that was at Hungry Howie's, and, and that was cheap pizza. I don't, I don't know how they could make that pizza, and they eventually went out of business. But um, we really didn't have much, and a tenth of what we had wasn't much. Uh, but we covenanted to do that. Uh, and through the years, um, the Lord blessed us. Um, I started my business. Uh, we had an inheritance from Mary's father. And with that inheritance, we were able to pay off our, our first, one of our first houses. And it wasn't a very large house, but it put us in a position where we were debt-free. And that was a, a wonderful uh, experience to be debt-free. And with that, we were able, I was able to start a business. And uh, the first year we didn't, we made about what I made when I was working for somebody else, which was pretty good. You know, we came out and uh, I was on my own and uh, my life, you know, I didn't have to travel to work anymore a long distance. Um, and God really blessed it. And it was really because of his provision. You know, I didn't, I never suspected when I was a young man that I would ever be in that position where I could have my own business, be out of debt, and, you know, be able to work on my own. And um, as time went by, we had, we had years of plenty. And, but there was one year one year where we made a lot of money and uh, we made so much money that that year I was able to, we were able to buy another house. We upsized, we bought another house and we were able to pay cash for it. That was something that was beyond my imagination we'd ever be able to do. And I hadn't made that much money uh, any year before that year. And I haven't made that much money ever since. Um, it was just one year, God blessed in a very special way, and we were able to purchase that home. And we were involved in a church that was really, uh, really had a vision for uh, being strong in the area of missions before we came to uh, Riverstone. And they would have a missions conference every year, and they would raise money for foreign missions. And the giving to the missions budget was always above and beyond the normal giving, which for us was a tithe. And there were years uh, where we could give quite substantially above it. I, mean, I can remember one year when we were actually able to double our tithe and actually give a tithe above our, our original tithe to, to missions. Uh, it wasn't always that way. And it varied through the years, but but God was faithful in all that, and so here I sit here today, and I feel, wow, what has God done for us? And I can't believe the situation I'm in. Um, let me just challenge you with a couple thoughts. We need to rewire our thinking when it comes to giving. Um, Giving is an opportunity. Giving is, um, I had a former pastor say one time, and he used to say this at the offertory, that is when they passed the plate around. Uh, he would say that uh, 
May our offering be given as a memorial of a life that's totally given over to thee. And that's really what it should be. When we offer a gift, we're offering the gift to the Lord. And it really is a memorial of, of what a life totally given over to thee. It's an act of worship on our part. It's simply acknowledging in a very tangible way all that God has provided is his. And he's provided it all. Um, so, as I want to conclude now, but I want to I want to encourage I want to encourage you to uh, bring the tithe into the storehouse. You know, Micah six eight it talks about uh, the people became very lackadaisical in in bringing their offerings, and when they brought their offerings, they were bringing uh, they were bringing the blemished animals, and uh, they weren't being faithful in that area, and. Um, God has, God wants to bless you and I. And uh, my prayer for you is that um, you will bring the tithe and you will worship the Lord in this regard. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for um, being able to share this little bit uh, on the topic of giving. Father, would you work in my heart uh, what I've talked about here? I thank you for giving me, giving us your word. And I want to ask you to encourage your people to bring the tithe, to, to honor you, to rewire our thinking, to think like you think. And help us to come and bring with a whole heart, uh, giving to you, for your glory and in a very tangible way, what you have already provided to us. We acknowledge that all we have has come from you. So I ask your blessing upon uh, your people. And Father, we want to bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Bye.